and look decent. Oh, you're looking decent for. No, the space should look decent. Oh, That's what I mean. okay. <laughs> Is it recording? Yeah, I was recording. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. <laughs> my name is Jax. And my name is Toxic Suspension. Welcome to Too Queer for the Country, mm-hmm. where we discuss issues that relate to being queer and living in a society or a country that does not recognize your issues. Isn't a society in a country, though? Yeah. Okay. Blonde. <laughs> Already. <laughs> oh! Yeah, do mind the cheetos since this is our first episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway. Moving on. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about today? Today, since that was the first episode, we thought we would tackle something that is intrinsic to, I don't know, who we are. Mm. So we are going to tackle the issue of identity. Identity! Identity! (laughs) Broad, but we'll try and narrow it and work through it. True, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. last time we tried, it took like two hours, so... Anybody got time to listen to two hours true worth that. of banter, mm-hmm. digression, <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> Nobody has time for that. I swear. I swear. Mm-hmm. So, what does identity mean to you? Hmm. Hmm. Okay, I would term identity as... I think an ever-changing state of self mm-hmm. with every kind of experience that you sure. endure. Yeah. It's, um, you know, in as much as it's who you relate to, who you show people, who mm-hmm. you are to people, mm-hmm. I feel like with each period in your life, you're kind of adding to that and taking true, away. True. Mm-hmm. So it's ever-changing, ever-evolving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. about to be like it's like a snake shedding its skin I'm just like it's not like the skin is gonna change or like the skin gosh skin tone of a snake is going to change but doesn't that signify some sort of growth though definitely I'm thinking yeah 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 so you're right on that one it it, you're shedding to grow so my point wasn't that bad though. Yeah, yeah, you're on it. I feel like you're on it. I got it. Okay. I got it. I hope everyone else will get it, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Same page. We're on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And what about uh, wait. Okay, like the biggest question though is gonna be Is your queerness a big part of your identity? Funny enough, I always wanna say things like um, no, because I'm more than that and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But in reality, I feel like in my life it has affected a lot of the decisions I've made, mm-hmm. a lot of things that have. A lot of my experiences, a lot of things I have to go through, grow through, it's sometimes, well, most of the time, related to me being queer, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so, in as much as I want to say, I am a human being and I'm all of this and all of this, this, that, and third. And then gay is just another part of it. I do feel like it probably does influence a lot. I get you, I get you. It probably does. I I don't know if I want it to, though. The thing is that... I don't know. I think... In our society, it's not celebrated, so at times it comes across as a hindrance to yeah. some certain uh-huh. extent. So, would it be a big part of you? Definitely, I do think it is a big part of you. I think, for me, okay, like from my point of view, it is such a big part of me that I've had to change my persona uh-huh. and the way I move in certain ways uh-huh. because it. I'm guessing it it would affect how people perceive me and how I just generally move in the world. So it would be a lie to say it's not a big thing Mm because it really is a big thing. For some people out there, 
it's a big thing and it's something that's celebrated. But then here it's it's just it is not celebrated at all. Half the time, as you are walking around and you display some sort of femininity, you feel like your life is kind of in danger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, mm, yeah. So therefore, it affects things like the way you present yourself, mm-hmm. the way you dress up, the way you speak, the way you basically carry yourself around True. people. Yeah. Mm. I agree with that totally. Yeah. Okay. But like you say, um, in a different place, maybe we wouldn't be affected by... If we are being honest, no matter where you are, it's, it's still going to yeah. affect you in some yeah. way. I mean, if we look at someone like... Okay, the person that's playing the background, Sam Smith. Yeah. Um, uh, they mm-hmm. had to come out before they released their debut album right? mm-hmm. and it seemed like they said that it was something that had to be done before they released the music so now my question is that if he had been straight would that okay since you, that has no effect to the music that you are making mm-hmm. I mean actually just the whole fact that how is sexuality even supposed to affect the work that you're you're, you're doing the work you're making I don't think it does affect the work it just affects how it is received mm-hmm. you know what I mean um, because I'm not going to lie and say if I did something and a straight person did the exact same thing that we would probably get the same response mm-hmm. from it I'm not going to say that's the case okay okay so I believe maybe in in this case that we're talking about Sam's case, it was important that they make that statement before. Maybe possibly for just like to understand the art mm-hmm. for it being the art that it is and not being taken for something else. Okay, give me okay. For him to keep his for them to keep their artistic integrity. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's what I mean. Okay. 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 Yeah. So maybe in that sense. Mm. Okay, yeah, yeah. But then um, we'll eventually get to like the talking about like your queer identity like in the work environment. Okay. Do you think at times that being queer in a work environment would make your work a bit more, I don't know, um, not taken as, I don't want to say as seriously, but just not acknowledged let me say um I think to some degree yes um I hate to do this but do you know how um in Scandal they talk about how as a black person you have to work twice as hard mm-hmm, to get mm-hmm, half mm-hmm. what the white people have mm-hmm. I feel like that would be some sort of case and I hate to admit this, but then, um, I mean, like, not to hate to admit this, but then just putting it out there that being black and queer, no. That's two strikes against like, you. <sighs> that is two strikes <laughs> against you. So on top of having to work hard, you have to work twice as hard to even impress the people that you look like. Mm-hmm. Because half the people that I look like consider me less of a man. Mm-hmm. And it comes down to... Um, how we view masculinity what do you think makes a man Mm. and the way I was raised a man should be well that's a standard that I do not meet at all (laughs) sorry to say (laughs) not sorry not sorry actually (laughs) because I'm kind of happy about who I am now Mm. happier about who I am now so things like that don't affect me as much but then going into the workspace you if that is something that is known Mm -hmm. I feel like you're constantly being undermined Mm -hmm. and people will disregard your actual capabilities so it doesn't matter that you graduated top in your class Mm -hmm. with this that and the third accolades on your belt and whatnot the fact is (laughs) people do not see you the same 
And I think not only in workspaces, you can actually see it in society generally. True, true that, true that. Because the moment that comes up, people try to equate you to a woman and feminize you. And not to say that being a woman is a bad thing, but as in a sense that um, they already have this um, view of women, mm-hmm. and then they try to equate you to that. Because, like, you know, okay, we all say that this, this basically is a man's world. Exactly. So the moment you actually, as a man, you're equated to a woman, it becomes like, okay, you are less than... And mm-hmm. I think also in our culture... Mm-hmm. It seems like women are equated just to being property. True. It basically is, you marry the woman, you go and pay Loboda for her, mm-hmm. and she gives you babies. And that is true. Basically, she just becomes a baby-making machine. Mm-hmm. She's just supposed to keep the house neat and clean and homely for you. Yeah. It's not exactly like you are marrying a partner. No, 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 no. It's not An a equal... No. no, it is not. So... Once you as a guy are just like equated to a female, it, I don't know, that's like... It's trash. Yeah. You're literally trash because at least a woman is treated like property. Mm. There's some sense of protection. There's some sense of um, her responsibility. Mm-hmm. As this person and other, <sighs> you're scum. You're scum to the general public. And... This is why I feel like it just makes things worse for you in mm-hmm. a work environment and any type of environment, mm-hmm. actually. So then, since queerness is like a big part of your identity, have you had to master that? Um, at some points. I'm actually battling with that right now, mm-hmm. but I feel like at some points in my life, I felt like I had to mask it mm-hmm. unsuccessfully. <laughs> 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 but then... Not so much as mask, but I find myself now having to be different people to different people. Oh, yeah. 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 I have to have a bag of personalities. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, not exactly a bag, but then let's say um, if Jax is a scale of 1 to 100, Mm -hmm. depending on who you are and how you view (laughs) things, that determines how much of Jax you experience. You're going to get. Yeah. 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 So I have people that probably get 20% of me. Then mm-hmm. I have people that probably get 80 to 100. Mm-hmm. You know, it just depends on what I think about you. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. And, and that has nothing to do with... Well, it has to do with my own insecurities. Mm-hmm. But f- for the most part, it's me protecting myself. Mm-hmm. Because knowing where we live, I, the things I do not want to experience... And, yeah, that is just me building a wall up before anything else just mm-hmm. spirals, spirals out of control. Out of control yeah. yeah, but don't make um, any mistakes. I am happy with myself. Mm-hmm. I am just not willing to risk my own safety. I hear you totally. I hear you totally. Because I always end up coming up with the notion that okay, for our country to actually change, there definitely will come a point in time when our community will need martyrs. People that are willing to... Go through the most. The for most, the masses. For the masses, really. Because we look at... Okay, we look at things like Stonewall mm-hmm. and the whole Pride movement. The people that started those initiatives went through the most. Yeah. Yeah. They were beaten up, they were ch- put in jail, and gone through the worst kind of consequences. Now, in an African setting, we most likely would get beaten up and actually killed and then dumped somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's a scary notion waking up every morning thinking that one misstep could actually just, like, unravel everything. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Yeah. Because you know how, um, well, let's not, to be honest, hate crimes do happen everywhere. Mm -hmm. But then the difference is at least other countries have laws that protect people. You know, 
if I today were to get beaten up on the side of the street because of this, mm -hmm. this is not something I can pursue legally. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, maybe I could, I do not know, but I don't feel comfortable doing that. Mm. Because in as much as, okay, I, I remember your point where you're saying you aren't willing to do things just for the sake of protection. In as mm. much as protecting you, but then also there's a whole aspect of like protecting your family. That is true. And protecting anyone that is affiliated with, with you. Me, yeah. So at times you find yourself in situations where I am holding back so much because for one, I don't want to embarrass my family. No. Because it's, I feel like for a family, it becomes such a big shameful mm -hmm. thing to have a boy who's queer. And especially since boys become the head of families. That's true. Like, the whole point of having a boy is to carry the name. The name, yeah. Now, think about that here. Mm. Okay, I won't lie. I do dream about, like, marrying another guy. But then how exactly are we going to do the whole... Who's... Which child is going to carry whose surname? Yeah. Are we going to do, like, the double-barreled thing? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and... Complicated, but then I'm guessing... We'll unpack that later on. Yeah, 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 I hear you. But it's that essence that I always think that once you tell your parents that, okay, this is the situation, all they're thinking is, okay, no grandkids. Yeah, the end of our bloodline. That line. is the end of the bloodline. And I feel like that would be so sad, especially the fact that I do want kids. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm going to like make it happen, mm -hmm. but I trust and believe when I'm 40, I will have a kid somewhere. <laughs> That's true. I, I, I do believe in that as well. Um, it's just something I just thought about. Mm -hmm. um, the relationship between family and identity. Mm -hmm. And right now you're talking about having kids and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking about that and um, identity, like your family, your, your identity and your bloodline and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Is it important for you to have biological kids? Honestly speaking, I think it is actually is important to me. Okay. I would love to actually like see my... Things that resemble me in mm -hmm. my kid. Okay. I definitely know like in a situation where what if my guy actually does want the same thing? He wants biological kids. I think that's why, you, in my plan, I would assume that we would have two kids. Uh -huh. One would biologically be mine, and the other one would biologically yeah. be his. And I don't know. I think just knowing that your bloodline is left behind. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do get the sense that it's admirable to adopt and mm -hmm. I'm not like totally disbanding that idea but in my mind right now I, d I do want a biological biological yeah so do you think that affects someone someone's identity Ooh, like biological about like nurture versus yeah. nature um oh, that is such a tough <laughs> thing to go on now because um Ultimately, I believe nurture will always win. Yeah. Because, I don't know, I think we've watched too many series that show, like, kids of serial killers becoming serial killers later, but I honestly don't think so. I think it's always the environment. Mm -hmm. Our identity half the time is always molded by the environment yeah. and how the different factors mm -hmm. of how the environment is pressuring to be pushing us to become this and that. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I do agree with you, because I do believe that humans are products of their environment, because they're also creatures of habit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, we pick up things, and we learn from our surroundings, positively and negatively. negatively yeah. That influences yeah. our lives in different um, ways. Mm -hmm. It's like um, with... Um, people talk about... Hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. I do agree with that. But then sometimes those hurt people then understand the damage that hurt causes and they don't hurt. 
So it can go either way. It can go either way, yeah. Yeah. So I believe that your family and background and whatnot could actually influence your identity. Mm-hmm. But that is something that could go either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess there are like so many factors. Mm-hmm. So actually, if we like to come up with a list of mm-hmm. the factors that influence who our identity is influenced by. Is, yeah, so... It varies. It's, it's a lot of things. Because if you think about it, mm-hmm. talking about being creatures of habit and surroundings, mm-hmm. um, you're exposed to different things throughout your life. Because mm-hmm. right now, we're like mid to late 20s. Mm-hmm. And we've had to go through primary or ele- elementary school, mm-hmm. high school, uni. And those were different settings. Those were different people in all cases I knew. Mm-hmm. So that definitely influenced our identities, our personalities in different ways. Yeah. So I want to ask, through those different stages, mm-hmm. what do you think was added in each stage and did you take anything away from each stage? Um, okay. I will break it down like from primary or yeah. elementary school yeah. to in primary school I think I was an unapologetically me yeah like I was untainted it mm. was the most freeing the freest time of my life because you're innocent yeah yeah nothing I don't know the, the things that make sense now didn't make sense to me back then mm-hmm. so and I think back in primary school, I thrived a lot from love from family. So like yeah. home was everything. Mm-hmm. And then once you move to high school, there's a dynamic that shifts. Because, okay, I think also especially the fact that how much time we spent in high school. Yeah. We... Okay, we went to the same high school. Mm-hmm. We would get to school at... School started at what time? 7 o'clock? 7.10, thereabout? Yeah, 7.10. And only leave school at 5 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. Now, that's how many hours? <laughs> that's basically just almost 10 hours? Almost like 10 hours. 10 hours a day, 5 days a week mm-hmm. that we were together. So think about how much influence the people in high school had mm-hmm. on you mm-hmm. and I sometimes do think like high school is the most formative years of as an individual okay in no I get you you're most likely experiencing like your uni uh, experience but mm. I do think high school molds the the basis okay. of who yeah. you are. Like, basically, like, the template of it all. Mm-hmm. You know, the skeletons. Yeah. We yeah. haven't, like, fleshed out because I think that's, like, the real world and university yeah. and stuff. And you... High school is the place where you kind of then start connecting the dots. Okay. Where I, I do believe that was the time you start figuring out about sex and realizing, okay, I'm not exactly, like, all the other guys. Yeah. I awkward. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to spend like <laughs> how many hours with these people? Sure. Sure. And that did I think most likely sort of like anxiety a bit. Mm-hmm. But I do believe I did find myself in that haze time. Yeah. Yeah. And university for me felt like was a horror show in its own but it made me cement who I am mm. it made me realize the things that I like and the things that I'm not really willing to do anymore okay yeah yeah and yeah that's about it that's about it yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and you so basically for me primary school was and it was a very sheltered time for me because I got to be carefree I did whatever I expressed myself in whatever form I felt Mm -hmm. I wasn't reprimanded by anyone especially not my peers I got to I mean I was the kid in nine different (laughs) clubs and five sports and Mm -hmm. I just did whatever I felt like you know what I mean Mm -hmm. whatever I felt like and 
I wasn't questioned, I wasn't bullied, I wasn't teased or anything. So I felt like that time allowed me to just get my toe in a different, in a few different things. Because mm -hmm. I remember I was doing public speaking, I was doing, um, what was I doing? I did nine clubs, I remember, but I don't remember. I did some social events, I did, I was in the orchestra, I was in the choir, I was in drama, mm -hmm. I was in, yeah, a lot of things. So that just exposed me to a different, a number of different things. Mm -hmm. Then cut to uni, and oh yeah, I think we both went to co-ed primary schools. Mm -hmm. Cut to uni, um, high, school. high school, and it's an all boys high school. Culture shock, because mm -hmm. all my friends were girls. Now I have to speak to boys. And by the way, I was raised as the last of three boys, and there's a 13 year difference between me and my older brother. So basically, I never grew up with my brothers. By the time I was six, they all had left the house. So you can call me an only child mm -hmm. in the house. And I grew up with my cousins who were all girls. And then in primary school, all my friends were girls. Mm -hmm. Now I go to high school, and it's an all-boys school. <laughs> what happens now? Hola. <laughs> How do you relate to the species? Mm -hmm. Even though I am one, I, I can't. Mm -hmm. Because my type of fun is a tea party, is brushing a doll, mm. is making mud cakes, is building houses out of pillows, you know? Mm. And they want to talk about cars, they want to talk about fishing, they want to talk about dirt bikes, they want to talk about manly stuff, man's man. Nothing. I know nothing. Because, like I said, I, w I, w I was raised as, as an only child. I lost my dad by the time I was three, so there was no man in the house. It was just my mom and I. So this is all foreign to me. Because I remember even one consultation, my first ever consultation mm -hmm. of design and technology. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the teacher went in to complain about how I had no idea how to handle power tools and whatnot. And my mom said, no, just give him time. <laughs> just give him time. <laughs> I remember that had to be explained to him. And even after two years, gak, I, that was not for me. That mm -hmm. was not my tea. So I got in there and automatically you get to acknowledge that you are different mm. things are not the same for you upstairs as they are for people mm. other boys and you are not thinking the same way that they do hi guys if you love the first part of identity by two queers for the country yeah apparently we were talking too much so now <laughs> we like cut it up into two parts so find the next part like under the first one we love you ciao and with that comes a feeling of inadequacy. So I think that's where I started developing a sort of shyness, mm -hmm. getting a mask, well, sort of mask. <laughs> and you know, just being more reserved and cautious around people. Because that's when I first learned that the world isn't as kind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And throughout my high school, that's what I went through and experienced. You know, it was just varying experiences of unkindness. But this is high school. Mm. We all go through we all of this. Through. Yeah. But then by the time I went to university, that's where I sort of came into my own and took my power back. Mm. That's when I got in touch with myself and, you know, learned what made me happy and who I wanted to be and figure out how I wanted to present myself. Mm even with this queerness, you know, a disease, quote-unquote. Um, so I feel like I did learn about the world a little bit in high school, mm -hmm. but then in university I took that back and brought it inwards to me mm -hmm. and made it more about, so who do I become? Sure. Who do I show people? Who do I want to be? Mm -hmm. Who do I want to be seen as? You know, when people sit in a room, what do they say about me? Mm -hmm. That became an important thing. Um, in as much as I want to say, um, I don't actually care what people think about me and whatnot. I, listen, I do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when they sit alone, what do they say about me? Mm -hmm. What do they tell other people about me? Because eventually, that's part of how I feel like you will move past other hurdles true, like true. we were talking about work environments mm -hmm. you apply for a job you're going to have an interview and if you're someone like me in that interview they're going to pick up that okay this is a queer person <laughs> now through your references they need to figure out who are you 
or what can they say? And through the people that I've come across, I'm sure that my goal was to be like, they have to speak highly of me. Mm-hmm. They, they have to be positive. The downside of that is a lot of the time then in my earlier uni years, I became a people pleaser. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. And, I mean, it's not a bad thing to kiss a little bit of booty, but, but. you can't just be kissing every piece of ass you meet. Mm. That is not showing a sense of self. Mm-hmm. That is not showing people that you stand for something. You know and there's I mean? that quote that if you... What is it? If you don't stand for anything, you will fall for everything. Yes. Yes. Something along those mm-hmm. lines. So then quickly I had to, while well, I'm still doing it, like getting a, some sort of backbone mm-hmm. for myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I feel like uni, where you say that high school was where it was formative for you, mm-hmm. high school for me was just, uh, it was just being exposed to people and mm-hmm. human beings mm-hmm. and just loathing the experience. And then coming into uni, and that's when I was like, okay, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. What can I do? No, but then I also think what was good for you was the fact that you were like far from home. Well, that's true. Because I think if, if I had gone to a uni like far from mm-hmm. home, because the problem is that I think I went through a big kind of, I don't know, how can I ex- explain this way? I shut down, actually. Mm. Let me say this. I shut down. I would go to school. I'll pretend like everything is fine. I, I did the coursework and whatnot and passed the exams and everything. But there was a sense of just not being there. Mm, not you being know? present. Not being present in the, in the experience. And people say like uni is supposed to be like the... Liberating. You know? And, yeah. Of which for me it really wasn't. Because you're still in this country and you're thinking, okay. You still have to shield and protect mm. not only yourself but your family as well. Yes. So now you're going to school in the mornings and then you come back home and you're looking at these people and you put on the smile of telling them, no, it went good. Yet half the time you're thinking, oh God, yeah. can this be over type yeah. thing? And you start this disconnect with your family. Mm. And this is supposed to be the people that are supposed to be there for you, mm, like, mm. from birth till death. Yeah. But already, you're kind of already, like, disconnecting, starting this kind of semi-loathing, I don't know, um, vibe with them. Mm. And I remember it got to a point where we would clash. Okay. And I'm still working on that. Because I still do think there are things that I do just to, not exactly please them, but just for it to just pass. To appease. Yeah, let me say, to appease. Mm -hmm. And I also don't know if it's more or less just the guilt of knowing who I am and just hiding it from them. Mm -hmm. Because I do think eventually there will be a point in time when I tell them, okay, so... That's the tea (laughs) face. This is my man. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I climb on his back, climb on my back. We make you know, each other happy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, and for those asking, yes. And as much as I say that queer is part of, is a huge part of my identity, I haven't had the conversation with a lot of my family. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a, well, no. If you're my friend, you know what's the you know, <laughs> you, you know what's going on. You know, if, if either it was in the first day or it was within the first month, mm. where that is being cleared. But you know what it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, me, on the other hand, since I had to, like, make friends with a lot of straight people, like, legit, only one straight person knows my situation. <laughs> <laughs> I think about, like, how much acting I have to do, like, with other people. Yeah. But then, like, with him, it's... Oh, I Liberating. I And mm. I think it's the most empowering thing, but also... Uh, they... I don't know. Like, I had so much apprehension, like, before telling him. Because mm-hmm. it felt like, okay, I'm gonna put some load onto him 
because I remember there was a point in time we said that once you tell your friends, it feels like you're giving them this load that, yes. okay, kind of please protect me type thing True. because you know who I am. That's and uh-huh. Yeah. Not many people should carry that load for you. No, no, no. Um, it's difficult because in our situation, in our society, giving away that information is basically asking someone, well, trusting that person mm-hmm. to have your back as well and protect you because like we're saying it's unkind for queer folk um so i'm also asking my friend who is privileged to protect me Mm. and not put me in harm's way and understand that um sometimes things will happen and when i need help this is the type of help i need um i remember going out with a friend of mine, who's one of my closest friends now. And we've had this conversation. I had told her about me and everything. And um, some guy comes over and he just asked me if I was, he didn't ask me if I was gay. He Mm -hmm. asked me who I was dating because he said he worries about me. Mm -hmm. Now, in that moment, you know what the question is, but there's this anxiety and heat and it's confrontation. It's just not what, Mm -hmm. And quickly, my friend jumped in and answered for me. And I remember her just shutting everything down. Mm. And I believe that's what everyone needs from a straight friend in this society. True, true. Someone to quickly realize that, okay, alert, code red. <laughs> I need to do this. I need to be nuclear and shut this shit yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was one situation where I could have just outed myself mm. indirectly. And made things really complicated for myself. Mm. And considering that was probably my earlier years of uni, I would have had a rough experience for the rest of my university university life. life, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then, I sometimes do think that a lot of people that we've had, like, what can I, uh, prolonged time with, Mm -hmm. like, I, I do believe, like, some of the people that know me, that have known me for the longest time, most likely have the inclination to know that I am. Yeah. But most likely do not want to confront it. Do not actually... And I'm pretty sure they actually just don't want to talk about the issue because they know it's just going to be awkward from then on. Mm-hmm. And... I'm asking myself, are they also having the same conversation that I have with myself where it's like, okay, I'm not going to address this issue just to protect... Either me or them. Mm. That, uh, listen, that conversation has to be had because I know what you mean. Mm. Where people probably are aware of the situation but don't address it. They keep swerving from mm. it. And they do not want to see it. But here's the thing. It is a part of my identity. It affects a lot of things. But it doesn't change who I am to mm. you. You know, so even if you knew this information, you get to know this information, I'm still that same person with a little bit of sauce. <laughs> I've always had the sauce. It's just now you know what it's called. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I've just always had a little bit of extra something. It's spicy. You know? <laughs> just <laughs> a little bit of aromat. Oh, come on. <laughs> just now you know what it is. Mm-hmm. So I believe that at some point it has to be had because that's, it makes things complicated mm-hmm. at times because then that person is not as free with you. I get that. I get that. They're sort of guarded. Mm-hmm. And if it's a straight man, I hate to say that, but sometimes they end up feeling like if that is the case, maybe this person will come on to me. And I feel like we need to break that down. Yeah, on a different time. On a different time. Yeah. But, but like bringing that up, they should understand that that's not part of my identity. If I see you as a friend, we're friends. I like legit, full stop. Full stop. People should get this. Yeah, that, that's where it ends. Mm. Because um, a part of my identity is I don't say things that I don't mean. Mm. I don't promise things that I don't and want to follow through mm. on. So why would I be friends with you and tell you that we're just friends if I want something else? I would rather be friends with you 
and you know that you know what listen if you ever swung my way <laughs> I'd rather that be the case mm. do you know what I mean mm. rather than just lie to you now so that you know fully what it is and anyway don't you think knowing about me and this other part of me you'd get to know what my type is that is true though <laughs> you get oh, yeah, yeah you yeah. get this other piece of information of what I like and that's no it. but okay this is like the initial like unveiling of the situation mm-hmm. I mean I would assume that okay there was a point in time when you said that straight guys half the time if it's moving and it has a pussy <laughs> oh yes yes we did talk about that maybe that is what they do eventually get to like the conclusion with them is like okay he gay so maybe anything with a dick just goes for them oh come on I, I get that confusion I get that mm-hmm. but but then the other thing is that they don't understand how complicated <laughs> the true. society is. True. Like, <laughs> not only the queer society, society is just complex mm. in its own. And being a person, an individual in society, it is just difficult. Because um, we spoke about how society is built to tell you who you should be. And that is difficult because we happen to feel it internally that we are something else. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We do not agree with society. And so, being that, it just makes things very difficult. It just makes it difficult to operate in society. Mm -hmm. You know? And it makes it difficult to stand in who you are. Because everyone's telling you you shouldn't be that. That is wrong. You could get killed for that in some places. But then, like, legit, I wake up every day and it's in my mind. It's like, no, I I like guys and that's, oh, that's the thing. It. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, I don't know how many times I have prayed, went on a fasting expedition and, you know, going through even, like, an ex- asexual phase, denying who I am. Mm. And I do believe, even if you bottle up something like this, it will eventually come and bite you in the ass. That is true. In some sort of man or way, you are on a path that will backfire. Mm-hmm. It will hurt you. Mm. And y'all, healing from emotional shit is the worst. Yeah. You would sooner rather just be like, have broken bones from being beaten up from what you believe Mm. but beating yourself up internally is is the worst and I think I definitely do know like for for a lot of gay guys you go through a depressed period Mm. cause it it all comes from the fact of realizing that you are other you are other and I remember last time we were just talking about can you imagine a world where it's not other? It's another norm. It's just another norm. Like, legit, you just told your mom, no, I'm gay. She'd be like, oh, okay, that's cool. Go and get yourself a boyfriend and, like, get married and live mm-hmm. your best life. Think about how much you are saving someone's sanity. Mm-hmm. Because they wake up every day thinking, okay, I'm in the wrong. I don't know how to fix this. At mm. times, I actually just wish I didn't exist. That's true. That's true, yes. because the internal battle is either make everyone happy and be internally depressed constantly. Mm-hmm. Because internally, you're fighting this whole, everyone says this, but I feel this. Mm-hmm. What do I do? What do I do? So then, do I make everyone happy, or do I make myself happy? And... The, the other thing that, like, is really important for people to understand, um, many people don't give two shits. Mm. What I mean by that is, um, okay, fair and fine. I, um, someone may see you and see about you, know about you. They may cuss you out and do whatever. Mm. Trust and believe they will be done with you a few minutes later. You won't even cross their mind after that. Mm. 
So why are you altering your life based on that five minutes? Why should we? I think another big thing I realized about our our society as black people, shame is the biggest thing. Mm. Um, do you ever remember like going home with like a bad report card? Oh yes. I, re- I actually remember we used to have like a spot where we'd go and open our report cards. Oh yeah, we weren't allowed to open our own report cards. So they'd seal them in envelopes and then we would have to carry them home. Mm-hmm. But we would open them mm-hmm. at school <laughs> and read them. Because my mom never knew that I wasn't allowed to. I never told her this. I just made it seem like I was privy to that information mm-hmm. anyway. Because like anyway, we were writing the test. We understood exactly. what the fuck we were doing. Really. Exactly. So I just wanted to see what the teacher eventually said about yes, me. Yes, yes. But then, that shame, like literally opening a report card and seeing like 30%, that shame, <laughs> that came. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the shame that you had to carry on the bus ride home. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine just, that's just academics. Mm-hmm. Now here, when someone shames you about like being gay, it's like, okay, this is kind of the way I want to live my life. So in general, in that five minutes, they're shaming like the way you're living your life. True. And life is all you have. That's yeah. like the time you have on this earth. Yeah. And I don't know, we, we've never learned as black people to get rid of the shame. Mm. Something that keeps constantly beating us down. I mm. don't know how many times you're like, in a family meeting and they're like talking, gossiping with like yeah. other relatives and you're just thinking, oh shit. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm the tea and someone else is... You are. <sighs> you're the biscuits to someone's tea. I know. Yeah. And here you're thinking, okay. And I haven't even given them the cream to the biscuit. I swear. So, like you're saying, it's something that we need to learn to protect our identity. Mm. Um, we just need to do it. And it's something I'm trying slowly to learn to just be content and happy in where I am knowing that I can grow learning knowing that I can learn from things Mm -hmm. but just being happy with what it is with me because like you're saying everyone has these battles I have I kid you not tried to pray it away Mm -hmm. tried to not think about it I mean I had this boyfriend once who I broke up with every other two weeks Mm -hmm. because this week, I'd say I'm bisexual. I don't want you. <laughs> Next week, I'd say it's wrong. I'm actually straight. But the funny thing is, this person stuck with me for close to two years. And this was the norm. You know, we'd break up every other week because I'd fight it in me. You know, but then you need to get to a point where you're okay with you. True, true. Because in that place, no one else can attack you. At least they can make you step back and be like, oh, I bother you that much, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but then you move on. And I think there was some status I saw on someone's face, WhatsApp status was, it said, in a society that teaches you to hate yourself, what a radical act it would be to love yourself. Oh, depth. Like, and I'm already on that spectrum where it's like, okay, I'm already black. So I'm not the proper skin color. I don't know how Mm. many shows we've watched and legit, there's just one black person. The token black person, yeah. (laughs) And on top of that, I have to be gay? Mm -hmm. Y'all, give me a break, please. Yeah, yeah. So, just getting to a point in your life where you love yourself so much that all of society doesn't bother you anymore. Mm. you're just like at peace with yourself Mm. and I remember I said something last time where don't buy into the dreams people are selling you that this is happiness yo your happiness is only something that you define Mm. it is never defined by someone else true so because at the end of the day we're all individuals mm. what pleases us what pleases an individual is really according to what they feel, Mm. what they want. What my spirit says. Exactly. Thank you for saying spirit, Mm. because 
like I said um, in our previous attempt, we are actually spiritual beings experiencing life in a physical manner. Mm-hmm. So you have to make sure that your spirit is in line with what you are doing, mm-hmm. with what you go through, and especially with who you identify as. Mm-hmm. Because if it is not, it becomes easy for people to attack that. Mm-hmm. It becomes people f- easy for people to knock that down, for you to even start doubting yourself. You know? But if you know who you are, you confidently be that person. Mm -hmm. And that is my goal. Mm. That is my personal goal, to just be that person who walks in pride, Mm. confidence, you know, and unbothered by what someone else feels about what how I live my life. Because mm-hmm. imagine that, what I do in my bedroom, who I love, who makes me happy, and you feel like you deserve two cents. Yo, go and get your own ass to deal with. Ass to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I swear literally. we all know that came from a gay guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So we kind of had an exercise to figure out um, where you were as a person, Mm -hmm. to find out how people viewed you honestly. Mm -hmm. Not to knock yourself down, but to find out how you could still build yourself and how you could still work on yourself. So we're going to ask people that know us very well to write a eulogy. I know this sounds so morbid, but yeah. I do think at times um, you need to see yourself like from someone else's perspective. Yeah. Because I know how harshly at times we get to judge ourselves. Like, we judge ourselves even before we even do anything. Mm. So at times, just an exercise to to kind of balance out if who you perceive you are versus who someone else thinks you are. So I know I asked, I asked a friend of mine to like write a eulogy for me. Uh-huh. Yeah, he kind of freaked out for a second, but then <laughs> he eventually wrote it down and it kind of made me feel good. So Oh, yours is done already? Yeah, like mine is done. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll let you know on my progress. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. So thank you guys for joining us. Mm-hmm. And we hope as we continue that you find something to relate to. Mm-hmm. Something that can touch at least one person. Amen. Something Amen. that can help us all grow through something. Because at the very best, this is also therapy to us. You know? Yeah. Like free therapy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm hoping it eventually becomes a regular therapy session for you as well. Just to engage and listen to how I don't know how we live our lives and hopefully it helps you live yours here's to being queer oh yeah yeah too queer for the country at the moment but yeah (laughs) (laughs) so anyway it's your boy Toxic Suspension signing out and your boy Jax sup bruh